1: Shalom Last week we prayed scripture That was to help us overcome discouragement And various issues going on in our lives, right? So, continuing the ideas of having God's power in our life Stay with me And let's go to the next step Are you ready? Let's pray first Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King We love you, praise you, honor you, and worship you, Lord And just ask, Father, that this would be an anointed program. Lord, it says in your scripture to see your power in in the sanctuary. And I'm asking, O Lord, that we would see your power throughout our lives, that we, being the temple of the the Spirit of God, would experience you dwelling within us moment by moment, day by day, that we would have that ongoing relationship, and that you would receive the glory. So, Father, I thank you, I praise you, I honor you, and I just ask for your anointing on this program, that you would be glorified in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Okay. Well, um, if this radio program does minister to you, we always ask that you would consider... A monthly pledge or a one-time gift and, um, along with your prayer support. I mean, prayer support's so important. And if you're interested in giving the gift, uh, a financial gift to help us stay on the air, that would be tremendous. And if you'd call our office and you could speak to Karen or anybody who answers the phone, 813-831. Five, six, seven, three. We certainly would appreciate it. Also, you can find my messages on Facebook Live and YouTube. Our services uh, are Friday night and Saturday morning. And so we have them both on Facebook Live. And then Tuesday evenings is our prayer meeting, one hour from 6.30 to 7.30, where we're trying to assemble the the army of the Lord to pray together. So join us again on Facebook Live at 6.30 on Tuesdays. We'd also love for you to visit one of our congregations. You know, we have four of them. And bring your friends especially if they are pre-believing Jewish friends but everybody's invited we lo- we love visitors and we have a congregation in St. Pete and certainly South Tampa Wesley Chapel and our Spanish speaking congregation called Conexion is also in Wesley Chapel so if you go to our website org. Shoresh is spelled S-H-O-R-E-S-H, david.org. You can get the locations and the times. We would love to see you. Also, I'm going to offer a free booklet like I did last week. It's called Hunger for God During the Summer Months. Just call our office and ask for the prayer booklet. They'll know exactly what to send you. And we are praying to see God do miracles in our lives and in our families' lives and in our country. And I believe that only a revival can do that. The Lord must send a revival so that we can see our, our homes in revival, our churches and synagogues. Are in, that would they'd be in revival, that, that the nation and the world would be in revival. Uh, look, no military power can bring revival. No economic upturn brings revival. No election can bring revival. Revival is a sovereign move of the Spirit of the Lord. So when believers are revived, they live more consistently. They make their homes more holy and more happy. And this leads the ungodly to envy them and to inquire after their secret of being revived. One of the scriptures that I love, and we'll get to the, the main subject, but I, I just need to introduce it in this way through revival because we want to know how to, how to partner with God to see a revival, But one of the scriptures that touches me the most about revival comes from Ezekiel 37, 1 through 6. And there's a wonderful song by uh, Greg Silverman on this very uh, scripture. So here's the scripture. The hand of Adonai was upon me. The Ruach Adonai carried me out and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. Behold, there were very many on the floor of the valley. Behold, they were very dry. Then he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I answered, Adonai Elohim, you know. Prophesy over these bones. He said to me, Say to them, Dry bones Hear the word of Adonai. Thus says Adonai Elohim to these bones, Behold, I will cause ruach to enter you, so you will live. I will attach tendons to you, bring flesh on you, and cover you with skin. Then I will put breath in you. You will live. You will know that I am Adonai. Well, is, is that scripture exciting or what? <laughs> Look, proof of me being revived is God empowering me to speak to those dry bones and say, live and see them become an army of believers. I'm asking the Lord to increase my desire and actions concerning the sharing of my faith. If sharing my faith with God's anointing is a daily activity, I will know that I am going through a great revival. But I felt that before going into sharing our faith, we should talk about receiving God's anointing through prayer and fasting. So that's what we're going to talk about today, prayer and fasting. We see the understanding of prayer and fasting All throughout scriptures, you know, that we're coming up in the fall to the day of atonement, Yom Kippur, where it says to afflict your soul. And in Leviticus 23, that is understood as to fasting. Um, Moses, though, fasted on Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. When he received the Ten Commandments in Exodus thirty-four twenty-eight, King Jehoshaphat called for a fast before going to war. Second Chronicles twenty verse three. People of Nineveh fasted after realizing their sin. We see that in Jonah three verse five. David fasted when he learned that Saul and Jonathan had been killed in second samuel 112 one of the scriptures that really touches me is when david lost his son and it says david in in second samuel 12 verse 22 he replied to the servants while the child was yet alive i fasted and wept for i thought who knows adonai might be gracious to me and let the child live but now that he has died why should i fast so the understanding there is that god is set up this this opportunity for us to fast and pray to see god move and in david's case well he didn't move the way david wanted but but that was what he did We see in Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, they said to me, the remnant who have survived the captivity there in the province are in great distress and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Upon hearing these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. I prayed and fasted before the God of heaven. So again, we see the use of prayer and fasting. And even those who, uh, you know, who were not believers to the best of our knowledge, they even fasted and probably prayed. Uh, Darius, the king of Persia, uh, fasted all night after he was forced to put Daniel in the den of lions. We see that in Daniel 6.18. And in the New Covenant, in Luke 2.36-38, through 38, it says, Now Anna, a daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher, was a prophetess. She was well advanced in age, having lived with a husband only seven years and then as a widow until age 84. She never left the temple, serving night and day with fasting and prayers. And coming up at that very instant, she began praising God and speaking about the child to all those waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So she prophesied of Yeshua and and this she was devout in her fasting and her prayers who knows for how long but maybe it was 50 years or so because it says until 84 and we know that she was married for 7 years so we don't know when she got married but it could have been 50 years or more that she was fasting and praying and never leaving the synagogue wow That's something, isn't it? We see John the Immerser taught his disciples to fast in Mark 2.18. Of course, we know that in Matthew 4, Yeshua was led by the Ruach into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil after he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, When I hear about the 40-day fast, and in Moses' case, and also Yeshua's case, it was no food, no water that we know of. I would not recommend that. It is, It potentially is quite dangerous, and you really have to know that God wants you to do that. That's just a side note, so I, I wouldn't recommend that. Though I will be doing, I'll talk to you about it in a moment, a 40-day fast, but it won't be like that, okay? Uh, In Acts 13, verse 2 and 3, while they were serving the Lord and fasting, the Ruach uh, HaKodesh said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them, then after... Fasting, praying, and laying hands on them, they sent them off. So, again, we see the importance of fasting to really, uh, you know, you can sense that this is to bring the power of God's Spirit either on the person you're praying for or on yourself, whatever the situation is. Acts 14.23, when they had handpicked elders— for them in every community and prayed with fasting they placed them in the care of the Lord in whom they put their trust so that's how they chose people and 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 really brought them to that point of of leadership is they prayed and they with fasting fasting is about giving up something that satisfies you in order to focus more on God. There's fasting food, which brings you into a place of surrendering to God and depending on the type of fast can free up time to spend with God. There's also fasting activities, which frees you up to have more time with God without the usual interference of things we enjoy doing. I believe both types of fasts are valid, though we don't see fasting activities in Scripture, and we certainly see fasting food in Scripture. But fasting is, is just an opportunity for us to spend more time with the Lord and really get into the spiritual realm where we can really fight this battle against the enemy. Now, there are short fasts, like one day or two days or three days, and there are long fasts. I would say long fasts would be 21 days or 40 days, wouldn't you? You can also pick how many days you want to fast. I'm asking our congregation to fast for 40 days as we look forward to the Moedim, the appointed times, the holy days. We want to see God— moving right before the Holy Days so the Holy Days would just explode in revival with people receiving Yeshua as Messiah, as people being healed. And we're asking you to join with us in this, to help us see this. We're going to begin on Wednesday, August 17th, and we're going to finish on Sunday, September the 25th. That evening of September 25th, begins Rosh Hashanah, the, you know, the, the blowing of the trumpet. Actually, it's called Yom Teruah. And feel free to join me and those in our congregation who have chosen to fast. In the fast that I've chosen, here's what I'm going to do. I'll just explain, uh, because people always ask me, well, what should I do? And I say, well, you have to speak to the Lord and see what he prompts you to do. But this is what I feel God is asking me to do. Uh, I already have a good t- quiet time in the morning, so I've chosen to not eat dinner But uh, because that I don't have a quiet time in the evening. And so I'm going to substitute my dinner for uh, prayer time. So I will eat a breakfast and I'll eat a lunch, but I won't eat uh, dinner. Okay. now, besides that, uh, I'm going to uh, limit my time in TV and social media. And finally, I will seek to eliminate most sugar from my diet. And you say, well, why would I do that? (laughs) And in fact, that would include breads because that kind of turns into sugar, right? This is important for me. Because sugar often makes me sluggish, and I want to be my best for when I come into the presence of the Lord. So, as I explained, what I'm doing, you can see it's tailored to me and what I know about myself. So when others will ask me how I'm going to fast, I'll explain it the way I just explained it, uh, which is biblically and yet individualized. Um, please remember that God is always looking at our heart. Even our fasting should be a result of what you hear God telling you to do. So here's an example of a one-day fast we find in Scripture in Ezra 8, 21 to 23. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the Ahava River so that we might humble ourselves before our God and seek from him a straight way for us, our little ones, and all of our possessions. For I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers in Calvary to protect us from the enemy along the way, because we had spoken to the king, saying, the gracious hand of our God is upon everyone who seeks him, but his great anger is against everyone who forsakes him. So we fasted and sought our God about this, and he responded to our plea. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. And and the thing is that really fasting is all about humbling ourselves. So it's it said that we, we fasted there and we— that we might humble ourselves before our god that he would direct us so humility is is something that even if we struggle with humility when we fast we become usually more humble look when we fast we have a greater amount of time with the lord in prayer and a greater intensity with the Lord. And I believe that the spiritual realm opens up to us in a way that it doesn't usually open up. Look, we have many purposes for praying and fasting. We want to increase our excitement about God. We want to increase our desire for greater faith. We want to see God do amazing miracles. We are asking God to open up our eyes so that we can see his miracles. Sometimes we don't see the miracles all around us, and other times they're so obvious that these are God's miracles. But either way, we want to see God's miracles. You know, for instance, uh, uh, if you are nearly hit by a car, but you escaped uh, being hit, you know, that is really god if, if if you get the job you wanted that you applied for this is god directing you finding the person that you will marry and spend the rest of your life with this is god so uh, as we pray and fast we're looking to see revival a great great revival god opens up our eyes to what he is doing during a, a personal revival Everything, everything is about God. We're in awe of his attributes, and God sovereignly touches us. For me personally, revival and and sharing my faith is when my life becomes all about God and my relationship with him is about my continuous expectation that he's pouring out his spirit on me and that my focus is continually on him. Revival And my desire to share my faith has to be about my excitement about God. I push the world away so that I can have more time with the Lord. I have great joy in his attributes. I'm motivated to be with him more, to receive from him more, to acknowledge him more. And as a result, he drenches me with his spirit and I become revived so the most important thing about revival is god and my time with him amen i wow i'd love to give you an example of that but we're gonna have to wait for next week i can't believe it the the time is is fleeting right so let me just mention a couple things again you know i pray that if this radio program ministers to you you will help us financially um Believe me, we, our congregation had to put in extra money this year to pay for this radio program. We didn't receive enough. So if you can help us in that, we would appreciate it. Also, you can find my messages on Facebook Live and YouTube. Our services are on Friday night and Saturday morning on Facebook Live, and Tuesday we have that prayer meeting from 6.30 to 7.30. We broadcast that on Facebook Live. We'd love to have you join us and visit with us as well. So let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we just pray that you will anoint us so that we can Fast and pray and just see you working in a revival way that is far beyond what we can even expect or believe for. And so, Lord, we thank you and praise you for how you're going to work, especially get us excited and expect and and give us great expectation. And I pray that everybody who's listening will grow in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah, I pray for this in the name of Yeshua. Amen.
0: You are Messiah, Yeshua, Mashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel.